0: that you did. <laughs> I don't even know.
1: <laughs> I just know, I just, the only quote that really, like, I wrote in all caps, which is usually how I pick which one I want to start with, is when they're fighting and she's like, I didn't flip it up. It twirled up. Like, her <laughs> it skirt. It twirled! <laughs> <laughs> it twirled up! Uh, but I definitely cannot give her delivery
0: any justice. That's one thing about this movie that, like, I love this film. I love the book that it's based off of. Um, I don't think it did the book very much justice, but the performance by both of these actresses is crazy. Like, Shirley
1: MacLaine is serving Mommy Dearest. Ugh. <laughs> she even says it at one point, right? She's like, she's like, you think I'm Joan Crawford? I loved that. I love the yeah. self-referential, like, uh-huh. problematic Hollywood Nepo Baby Mommy <laughs> issue cycle that never ends. Like, this movie's like really self-aware about it. But, anyways, hi! This is The Swamp. It's our podcast.
0: Uh, it's an acronym. Stands for some whack-ass movie podcast. I'm
1: supposed to say it's an acronym. Oh my god. I'm really, <laughs> really full-loving all my lines this week. Jesus. Um...
0: It's okay. I literally, we're recording at, like, 10.30 in the morning. I woke up at 10 o'clock when we were supposed to record, and I said, Dara, please, <laughs> give me
1: 20 minutes. Hello. Uh, but I'm I'm Dara, and I am... I'm one I'm host of this podcast, and I'm here with my co-host Emily, and we're here, uh, it's Meryl Streep, and we are talking about Postcards from the Edge, and Emily Pick, I had never really even heard of this before you, I did mm-hmm. not know it existed, um, but you have mm-hmm. read the book, which is written by Carrie Fisher, yes. and this is the movie based mm-hmm. on the book, and it's like a semi-autobiographical book, right? It's not, she doesn't claim that it's like yes. a straight-up biography, but it's like, no, it's loosely not. Loosely based. But, like, watching this movie, I'm like, okay, come mm-hmm. on. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: Yes, it's semi-autobiographical. This movie definitely went more for, like, kind of cut all the fat off the sides, you know what I mean? And just went straight down the chute of, like, okay, this is Carrie Fisher's life. Um, But, yeah, no, if... I I had, like, like, two years ago, I had this Carrie Fisher summer where I read just about all of her books all of her memoirs, which would highly recommend. Um, And then this is a book as well, and I read this one, and I flew through it. Um, And so I I think this is one of those movies that, like, sometimes, like, I mean, in accordance with Mayroll Street Month, um, you don't need to read Little Women to watch the movie. You don't. Um, But I would highly recommend reading this book if you ever were, like, gonna dive into this movie. It's a quick read, it's an easy read, and I think that the book has a lot more of um, Carrie's voice than, like, what the movie has. Which
1: is interesting, because she wrote the screenplay for the movie. Mm -hmm, So you would think it would translate, and I was, I was, I want to get your opinion uh, because I guess a lot of people said that the book is or the book and the movie are really different.
0: They are pretty different, yeah. They're pretty different. It's the same idea, but I mean, obviously, there's shit you can't go into, like in a movie and like a book. There's there's a handful of differences, and I don't remember it all very clearly. This was like two years ago or something that I read the book, Um, but there's just like short little storylines kind of that don't get fleshed out in the movie because, like, you know, they don't have time. It's, like, a 90-minute film or some shit mm-hmm. like that. And obviously you're going to focus on the big picture of, like, her and her mom because you know it's Carrie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds and that's what's going to bring, like, people to the box right. I
1: this. wanted to give everyone... I, like, literally have a chart drawn for myself as I was watching this movie because I'm like, when we talk about this, I know that... Nobody has ever, like, criticized us for doing this, but I'm pretty self-aware about the fact that when we talk about movies, we often just say the name of the actor, not of the character in the film, which this movie has, like, an extra layer, because in real Mm -hmm. life, it's Carrie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds, and then in this, like, Mm -hmm. semi-fictionalized version, it's Meryl Streep playing a character named Suzanne Vale and then Shirley McLean mm-hmm. playing a character named Doris Mann. So I'm like, oh my god, when I talk about this, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna be like, Carrie, yeah. Meryl, Suzanne are all the same person, yet yeah, this is gonna get so out of hand <laughs> of like just It's gonna be so like, hairy. Just which, like just draw, you know, randomly pick which name am I gonna <laughs> refer to them as. It's who's
0: to say, you <laughs> know? Exactly. No, I feel you 110%.
1: But I liked this movie. I again, all all I knew mm-hmm. about it was that you liked it and recommended it because you have your mm-hmm. like you know personal uh, nostalgic and also just like interest connection with yeah. Carrie Fisher. Well, yeah, and I would say I definitely.
0: I'm just a huge Carrie. Fisher yeah, I <laughs> would say
1: I have less of that. Like, obviously, I admire her, but I haven't read any of her books. Do you mm-hmm. have out of all her books? Do you have one that you would like recommend above all, or are they just like across the board pretty?
0: Um, hold on, because I can't remember all of their names. Because uh, I know
1: some are, like, memoirs, some are, like, yeah. you know, like, collections of short stories, right? And then some are... Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, um, most of the, yeah. I would say, because I read a handful of them. I read, oh my god. Well, I'll tell you what. I think that one that's really interesting is uh, The Princess Diarist, um, which is, like, basically she published the diary that she kept during the time that she was filming Star Wars. Oh, that's really
1: cool. Um,
0: And so, yeah, so you read all about, you know, um, her affair with Harrison Ford and everything like that. And that is, if you're into, you know, all the Star Wars shit, that is certainly... An interesting one, but I think that Wishful Drinking, which was her first, like, sort of uh, memoir that she published, is probably the one to read.
1: Okay, I'll keep that in mind, because maybe I'll have a Carrie Fisher summer. Who's to say?
0: Yeah, she's got a good handful, and it's like... Yeah, like I said, I love them because it's so, like, there's just, there's so many authors that, like, their voice, like, comes through, doesn't come through, whatever, but, like, when you read these books, you're like, okay, this like, this is Carrie Fisher mm-hmm. writing them. You yeah. know what I mean?
1: Um, but I did, I, I liked this <sighs> um, movie, but I did think it was a little slow, and I could, almost, you can almost yes. tell it's based on, like, a more intimate, personal book, and that there are, there was mm-hmm. a lot in there that you can't really convey on film, because I felt like a lot of things, I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, you're really stretching this out, like, um, yeah. but I also, like, as far as it being, like, semi-autobiographical, I was like, can we just, Uh like, pull up the curtain for a second? Because, like, it feels, I guess maybe the book is a little less that, but this movie felt so, I'm like, okay, how is this not just a one-to-one? The only thing I didn't get, as I was like, did Mm -hmm. Carrie Fisher sing?
0: Yeah, yeah, Carrie Fisher, um, what was said in this movie about her being a part of like her mom's stage act is a hundred and ten percent true. She was, I think I looked at the stats. It was like she was singing in her mom's act when she was like fourteen or something. See, like that. See, that's
1: the only thing is I'm like maybe they added that in to 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 sprinkle nope. a little fiction, but <laughs> so true. But no, oh my god, yeah. Because I was googling, I was like, did Carrie Fisher sing? And they were like, yeah, well, she could sing. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, th- like most famous people can sing. I feel like. I feel yeah. like
2: yeah, I feel you. Yeah, have I also to. feel like
1: if you have like a famous face, this is like completely like me, bo- like talking out of my ass. But I feel like people who are famous have big mouths. Like just like what is considered <laughs> like like uh, beauty standards and stuff is like a, like a just a like you have big features typically, like big eyes, big mm-hmm. big mouth. And I feel like people <laughs> with big mouths are like better singers, right? <laughs> I, don't know I like true. I feel like like <laughs> when Celine Dion is like hitting those notes, she is like her she's like Pac-Man, you know? It just opens. I feel like <laughs> Yeah. It's, like when people like can who can really yeah. sing, you can like see their molars.
0: <laughs> I think that's just because they're singing.
1: <laughs> Maybe. But I feel like if I open my mouth all the way, you're like only getting my like to my incisors at best.
0: You just have a small mouth, I think, because I can open my mouth extremely wide. That's true. <laughs> maybe you
1: maybe you can secretly sing and you're just not telling anyone.
0: I don't know about that, but...
1: <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of, I mean, I know, everyone knows Meryl can sing. Like, she's in of musicals course, and she, yeah. she does the singing thing. But honestly, she really impressed me here. The her yeah. two musical numbers, I was uh-huh. so happy that they yeah. kept the entire the entirety of both of them cuz i feel like a lot of movies yep. could easily have done that back to back mother daughter <laughs> musical number scene as like a we're just going to like sp- like oh you know boom boom they did it and then it's like the fallout or whatever but to mm-hmm. show the full like from start to finish with like hardly any you know like camera cuts or anything mm-hmm like, those musical numbers, I thought was such a, like, an interesting mm-hmm. choice. I feel like we don't see that a lot, like, because even with musical numbers in movies, usually it's, like, something is happening, and we're getting a lot of action uh-huh. scenes, and they're moving throughout some sort of... Like, no.
0: It's just Meryl.
1: Just Meryl next to a piano. Like, damn, that was, like, that was a choice, and I think it paid uh-huh. off. I, I really... Yeah.
0: I loved that a lot. I think the end scene makes me, like, cry. Like, Gorgeous. the way that... Oh, my... God, the way it pans up to Shirley McLean in, like, the fucking rafters watching her sing in this movie rips my heart out. I also really liked just the the
1: Aretha friend who just, like, was around, like, her friend from rehab who just, like, sticks around. Like, she's, like, at the family functions and she's at the thing. I'm like, I like She's just a
0: friend. (laughs) Doing the thing that friends do. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. I love that character.
1: But yeah, as far as, like, I feel like this movie, as from what little I know about Carrie Fisher's life, all of those facts... is already on point. All of those surface-level facts are in this movie. I'm like, okay, they, like, put out a casting call for, like, Harrison Ford knockoff. Like, (laughs) store-brand Harrison Ford. They're like, Dennis Uh Quaid, store-brand Harrison (laughs) Ford. And he's a... Basically, I was like, are they just gonna make him a carpenter? No, he's a rancher. But, like... (laughs) (laughs) They're like oh, he's a carpet. Tr- fuck, I mean, he's a rancher, he's a rancher. <laughs> I was like, damn.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Um, and then, yeah, like, just her whole relationship with her mom seems pretty, from what I know, like, on point. So I was, I was almost trying to find, like, where they were putting the fiction in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't no, really seem they
0: they cuddle, they basically <laughs> cut away all of the fiction in this movie.
1: And I was wondering, so like this movie takes place, I guess, as she's sort of like dealing with her addiction, and then she's in these coming movies... coming right out
0: of rehab. Yeah, yeah,
1: and she's um, in these movies that are like sort of like B list, like not like you know she's a washed up. You know, they, she says she's middle aged. At one point, which I'm like, how hmm. old is she even really supposed to be here? Like, what, like, 35? Like, I don't... Yeah,
0: something like that.
1: Uh, but I'm like, these movies in, in this setting that are supposed to be her, like, taking what she can get. I'm like, in real life, I was, like, looking at her discography. I'm like, what was that supposed to be? Like, Blues Brothers? Like, like
0: what was that supposed to be? <laughs> yeah, right? I have no idea.
1: Because I'm like, has she really been in anything, like not iconic I don't know yeah
0: that flopped <laughs> yeah I couldn't say for sure
1: uh, but do you want to give anyone who hasn't seen this movie I I feel like it can't be that popular right I had literally never heard of it but maybe I'm just like it,
0: yeah I would say it's not like <sighs> yeah I I wouldn't say that this movie is like iconic by any means but like I think that anyone who read the book is like yeah. watching this movie. Um, Yeah, so basically, like we've already stated, based on Carrie Fisher's life, um, it follows Suzanne Vale, um, who is a recovering drug addict, um, basically doing her thing, Um, movie star, she's uh, performing, and... Ends up going to the hospital, getting her stomach pumped, ends up in rehab, um, and it follows her as she has to deal with that. She, like, has to live with her mother because it's in, like, her contracts that she sort of has, like, a guardian. Um, Oh, yeah, like, I'd I'd say watching over her while she's um, doing these movies, getting back on her feet. Her mother is uh, played by Shirley MacLaine. Um, What's her name in the movie? Uh, Doris Mann. Uh, yeah, she plays Doris Mann, who is, like, also, like, a old Hollywood, you know, staple name kind of thing. But also, like,
1: is an alcoholic, so, like, not... Yeah,
0: it, yeah. <laughs> also is an alcoholic, like, has her own issues kind of thing. Um, and, I mean, like, it just kind of... It, like, it's not a particularly exciting movie. It's definitely a lot of, like, fluff, and then you have these, like, really big, heavy, like dialogue scenes between, like, Meryl Streep and Shirley MacLaine that just, like, rip your heart out. Mm. Um, but basically she ends up going out with the man that she... was it? That, like, left her at the hospital get, to get her stomach pumped and, like, finds out he's cheating on her and she's like, what the fuck? And she's getting back on her feet, like, in the acting world and there's, like, a lot of, like, shit to go through with that, like, getting drug tests and everything like that. Um... Yeah, it's not. There's like not a lot of plot to this movie. No,
1: yeah, nary, nary a plot. Um, but I, yeah, I would say
0: super Just Oscar. Like, yeah, like just, just like Oscar worthy performances.
1: Which I will say, like, the. I really like how they handled the, like, romance plot of this movie because it's like, obviously, that's Harrison Ford. I don't, like.
0: Like, yes and no. I don't know.
1: Maybe he's supposed to be, like, an amalgamation of several men who fucked her over. It always, like, jump scare fact in my mind. Like, I know that I know it, but then when I remember it, I'm like, oh, that Carrie Fisher was married to Paul Uh Simon.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But also, like, she was
1: 26 and he was, like, Uh 45 plus when they, like, first got together, which is, like, a little questionable, but that they were, like, together on and off for, like, 12 years. Yeah, that they were like they were they were together, and then they broke up, and then they got married, but then they got like divorced, but then they like got back together, even though they were yep. divorced, and it's like a whole uh-huh. thing. But that a lot of his songs are yeah. like, about
0: her. Yeah, she absolutely. Yeah, they definitely are. Um, I think that from what I know about her and like the books, like that was like kind of like the love of her life and everything like that. Um, but yeah, no, it is definitely crazy. I love the fact that um. Her, um, husband, I don't know if they were husband or whatever, um, but Billy Lord's father, like, ended up being gay. Yes. And, like, they were together, like, I love it. I didn't know that. It's so on brand for, like, everything.
1: Because I didn't know that because I was, like, investigating the family tree, and I saw that Billy Lord has two kids. Billy Lord has two babies. And yep. so, mm-hmm. but the, like, the thing that it announced it was, like, Billy Lord's father announces, so I clicked on, I was like, oh, who is, is he famous? But then it was, like, him and his husband, and I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Just, like, add, the plot thickens. Exactly, exactly. But I guess, yeah, like, Dennis Quaid's character, what even is his name, Jack something? I don't know. He's clearly, <laughs> he's, like, Harrison Ford presenting, but some sort of amalgamation of, like, shitting uh-huh. in her life, but the the whole, like, he shows up. And it's basically like, oh, like, I'm, I'm obsessed with you. I'm, I'm in love with you. I want to take, like, they've known each other for 10 minutes. And he's, like, confessing his dying love. But he is being so creepy to her. He's like, you smell like the future. And I'm like, what the fuck are these corny ass run. lines? Like, red flag after red flag. And he, like, brings her out onto this terrace and, like, cups her face. And is like, I've known you for 10 minutes, but I'm, I'm so in love with you. And she's kind of like, yeah. okay. Like. Sure, like, I, she clearly uh-huh. likes the feeling of being loved, but she is not, like, reciprocating yeah. it. She's like, yeah, we'll see, whatever. Um, but I like how it was, like, as an audience, you, I never for a second believed this motherfucker. Like, I did not find a single thing he did oh, yeah. to be charming, endearing, or romantic towards her. And then the fact that, like, it sort of has the fallout of, like, jump uh-huh. scare Annette Benning,
0: dude, dude. Oh my god! I like screamed when I clocked it. The scream, I mean, because the
1: scream that I scrumped when Annette (laughs) Bening shows up for one, exactly one scene, and fucking acts the house down, boots Houston, I am deceased. Like
0: yes. Well, I was like, where do I know that face? I'm sure because we. I mean. Anyone that's been listening to this podcast for more than, you know, five minutes can probably <laughs> infer that we're big, like, IMDB girlies. <laughs> like, we need to know who's playing who, even if, like, they're on the screen for about 20 <laughs> seconds. But I was sitting there, I was like, I know this person. I know this person. Because, I mean, in the year of our Lord 2023, I have not seen a young Annette Benning in anything. I don't know about you. But seeing Annette bedding with hair like past her shoulders. Right? That it did also take I mean? me a
1: minute. It took me a minute to be like, yeah. "Who is that?" And then uh-huh. like, "Oh."
0: Right? Uh-huh. I was like, "No fucking way. No fucking way." I just clocked this and I I you know, I was just proud of myself, honestly. <laughs> But yeah, no, she really did slay for the two minute scene that she had. I feel like there are so many instances
1: of this movie that have incredibly minor characters that show up and and are relatively famous actors, and then they just like fucking act like like no, yep. no small parts, you know, like Richard Dreyfus uh-uh. as the as the doctor who pumps her stomach and sends Uh her the flowers, like, he also was on screen for all of two minutes, and yet, I'm like, why are you, like, you're acting like you're not stealing the scene, but you are, like, keeping Uh Meryl on her toes, kind of thing, and um, for real. Obviously, Gene Hackman as the, like, director who dealt with her in her peak of her issue, and then afterwards, when they're, like, Uh doing that, like, re-voiceover thing, and they have that really, like, touch-
0: Oh, that made me cry. That touching
1: scene, like, he also is really, like, giving a performance, um, but- Yeah, I I liked that the whole Annette Benning and Meryl discussing, like, you know, their relationship with the same guy. And they kind of have two different points of view about, like, casual sex or, like, you know, whether Mm -hmm. it's, like, a thing or not. But that afterwards she just shows up. She's like, fuck you. I thought you really cared about me. Shoots uh, some blanks out of a gun and then drives off. And then that's kind of the end we hear of it. And I really liked that. Because I'm like, I don't need there to be more like him chasing after her or like her going back to him. Because I feel yeah. like a lot of movies would be like, let's draw out this romance or at least uh-huh. the drama of the I fallout. Don't need it. And I, yeah, I really liked that it. it was like, as an audience, you're like, he's a creep. Red flag after red flag. She is a little self-aware that she's like, maybe not ready to get into something like this. But yet she likes the feeling of like, being you know, protected or loved by somebody. And then, like, once she comes to terms with, like, he is not going to provide that for her, she steps away. And I'm like, that's such a healthy, like, I feel like they should show certain scenes of this movie to, like, like you should show this to your friend who has, like, a toxic boyfriend and be like, uh, uh-huh. girly, if you cannot point out the red flags of Dennis Quaid right now, then, like, I'm going <laughs> to bonk you on the head. <laughs>
0: like, Yeah, really.
1: And the same yeah. thing with, like, like, I feel like toxic moms... I'm like, if they should show this to like, like toxic moms and be like, if you can't tell me what Shirley MacLaine is doing wrong, uh-huh. I'm taking away custody of your teenage daughter. <laughs>
0: literally, like- <laughs> literally.
1: <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Who is it but my mother, Jen, here for her weekly interim segment of the podcast. It's called Chocolate or Vanilla. She says two things. We all
2: say which one we like better. Jen, how are you today? I'm really good. I have the day off of work.
1: Yeah. Yep.
2: Just like M. Yep. Jen, is there a theme this week? So there's a theme. It's um, celebrities with autobiographies. Oh, nice. Oh, love that. Yeah. So I think that you should pick the person you like better, but, you know, okay. bonus points for some of the names of these books. If you would rather, uh-huh. like, say what title okay. of the book Noted. you like better, I guess that's okay, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. I'm actually going to go chocolate this week. Oh. <gasps> Oh my god. Oh so we have I've a chocolate ha- sweep. <laughs> I've just like for the last handful
0: of months, I you know when like your palette just changes every like seven mm-hmm. years or something uh, like that. Yeah. <gasps> I don't know. I ha- have been
1: on a chocolate kick. Wow, i this is sweep crazy. Too. I've been waiting for my palette to change.
0: I know this is the second time.
1: I wish you got to pick. I wish there was like a computer database where yeah. they were like, Okay, you get th- you get three new things, but you have to lose one. Yeah. i be like, okay. Like, my, pal-
0: my-, <laughs> my palate is changing, but also all of my period symptoms are changing, which I hate. <laughs> 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 I'm like, I just got the um. hang of this. <laughs> now I have back pain and hot flashes.
2: <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, first one. Steve Martin. The name of his book is Number One is Walking. What? No, it's Steve Martin's biography is called Born Standing Up. They might, some of these people have too, because you'll see later that Carrie fisher has got another one.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, several Um, money. I'm I'm sorry to correct you, Jen, but the Steve Martin biography is Born Standing Up. Okay,
2: so Born Standing Up or (laughs) (laughs) Paul Newman, The Extraordinary Life of an Ordinary Man. All all I know
1: about Paul Newman is that he is on every produce, Mm -hmm. or not produce, but like dry pantry product. And when I was little, I thought that that was Mr. Rogers. Because it was just like a white man who was like older than forty, and so we would like be in the grocery store, and I'd be like, "That's Mister Rogers." So I'm like, "Damn, that man has his has his hands in all sorts of <laughs> stuff." Um, but I not to I'm sorry, I didn't mean to like harp on your Steve Martin choice, but I do know that that is basically if you want to read like a comedian biography, that Steve Martin is so smart. And a, such a great writer on top of just being incredibly funny. He has a lot of really great content about um, art history. He's like an art collector. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of got into like his more like not public comedy side, but more of like the stuff he's written when I was taking a lot of art history classes. And he is just a really great writer. Um, I've, I haven't i have read Born Standing Up, but Henry has. And he says it's like one of his favorite books oh. ever. So I'll go for Steve Martin.
2: I will also go for the Steve Martin one. Um, yeah, I guess I'll go for Steve Martin for this week um next one is Jeanette McCurdy I'm glad my mom died oh or, I have to read that I guess Carrie Fisher has another one called the princess diarist so
1: I feel like even though I have read Jeanette McCurdy's biography I actually listened to it on audiobook and she does the the recording um and I I really liked it It was a big like TikTok moment where everyone was like freaking out over Jeanette McCurdy's uh-huh. sort of tell-all book but I, I enjoyed it and I was like reading it at the same time as all my friends so it was like a big like you know conversation point point. Um, and I did enjoy it I really I liked listening to it on audiobook because you got more like of her voice but there's no way that it's not as or that it's better than a Carrie Fisher autobiography mm. so I'm gonna I'm gonna say Carrie Fisher but I did I enjoyed Jeanette McCurdy
0: yeah oh, that's such a hard one Jen because I've wanted to read that book for a while um, I am gonna go for the Princess Diarist especially because I mean it's just all of the tea like it is literally like her journal from when she was recording Star Wars.
1: I know these two choices are
2: like what tea do you want? Icarly tea or yeah. a Star Wars tea. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. I love I I loved Icarly back in the day, mm-hmm. but um I will go with Carrie Fisher also. Yeah. Uh next good one, one. Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey, The Office BFFs. Or is Everyone Hanging Out Without Me, Mindy Kaling?
1: Oh, interesting. I didn't know that the two of them had a book. I know that they do the podcast. Oh. That's pretty much like the staple like office podcast. Um, but I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know they had a book about it. But I guess I'll pick the Mindy Kaling one. I don't really feel particularly strongly about any of these actresses. I know a lot of people are like balls to the wall obsessed with The Office. And I think mm-hmm. Mindy Kaling is fine and I think that the like writing stuff she's done for other tv shows is like fine like it's I don't dislike it but it also like isn't my favorite like the I know there are people who like will die for the Mindy project and it just like didn't I don't know it didn't grasp me I guess but I'll pick the Mindy Kaling one just because I like all the drama about like how her and BJ Novak secretly have those kids together and they like live in a secret house I just think that that is so like ryan and kelly of them to like have a i uh, like to keep the whole thing so such an air of mystery around it for like uh-huh. literally no reason
0: <laughs> exactly no i'm i'm also gonna jump on uh the mindy Kaling train for this one because i am a bit anti um the office and i feel like some of those actors have just been like making the most of this one, like, show that they had. And Mindy Kaling has at least done other things.
2: Yeah, see, maybe it's my age, but I just think The Office is hysterical. I think it makes you, like, don't take life so seriously. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I think you can look at any workplace and kind of pick out some stereotypes of, like... Who are you? In your
1: your workplace, who are you? I'm Creed, I think.
2: We joke... Me and my friend joke that I wish I I want to be a Pam, but I'm probably a Phyllis.
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> is there anyone who's mad all the time?
1: The oh, office? Stanley! Yeah. You're, yeah, you're a Stanley.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> um, okay, next one is Tina Fey, bossy pants, or Amy Poehler, yes, please.
1: Fuck! Ooh, I feel like I feel like just between these two women, I'm gonna pick Tina Fey. She, I recently, like very, very late to the game, got into Thirty Rock. I'm gonna say like a year ago. Oh, see, I want to. Started, and it is like such s tier, like comedy satire, just fucking so hilarious. What do
2: you watch that on? Because I think I, I think I would like it. Is it Hulu? Hulu? I don't
1: know. But um, between like, if it's like Amy Poehler, Parks and Rec, Tina Fey, Thirty Rock, like it's Thirty Rock. So. I also yeah. love the the cover of that book of like her with those like hairy man arms and like suit, but then it's like her head. Yeah, very clever.
0: Yeah, I like that. I'm also gonna go Tina Fey on this one. Um, I don't know. They're they're that's a really hard choice because they're so both so brilliant.
2: Yeah, they're pretty both so similar. Um, I would go Tina Fey. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one, Kitchen Confidential by Anthony Bourdain or that's a great Taste. Book. My Taste My Life Through Food by Stanley Tucci. (gasps) Oh, Jen,
1: why do you gotta pit two kings against each other? Fuck! That's what I do. (laughs) Emily sent me, like, a young Stanley Tucci Levi's commercial thirst trap the other day, and I, like, broke out into a sweat. It was (laughs) was really hot. (laughs) It threw my entire day off kilter. His
0: arms are the size of, like, small watermelons. (laughs) <laughs>
1: uh, but I do have to pick Anthony Bourdain. Um, That's he a- just is he is that guy.
0: And have he- you read that book?
1: I haven't read it, but I watched his like show. Yeah,
0: it is. It is super super good. That's like the thing that put him on the map at first. Um, I yeah, I have to pick Anthony Bourdain.
2: I- I'm gonna go stealing Tucci. Mm. Uh, next one is Finding Me by Viola Davis or Becoming by Michelle Obama.
1: I don't know. <laughs> um, I honestly, I just have a personal gripe against Becoming by Michelle Obama because really? when I worked, when I've worked at several libraries, it just like was the hottest biography that everyone wanted for like literally 10 years. And we just had so many copies of it that like I could never fit them all on the shelf. Like there just never was enough room for the 97 copies of Michelle Obama's biography. Like. Like, I'm like, I have to shift all the books down. Like, Uh everyone else's biography gets one little bottom shelf, while Michelle Obama gets the first three rows, because that's just how many copies we had to keep in stock. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know Viola Davis had a biography, but I'll pick her, because I'm sure I had no problem shelving hers.
0: Um, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna jump on uh, the train that everyone else was on, (laughs) and I'm gonna pick Becoming by Michelle Obama. (laughs) we definitely got like my mom that for mother's day one year classic
2: yeah (laughs) i'm also gonna go with michelle obama i listened to a book on tape and she read it which is always really cool yeah uh next one is face it by debbie harry or life by keith richards um i don't really know so blondie or rolling stones
1: yeah i don't really know enough about either of these to say but um I like the name of Debbie Harry's better, Yeah, so I will pick that.
0: Yeah, I think Debbie Harry's a fucking badass, so I would definitely read that book. And I don't give a shit about the Rolling Stones, honestly.
1: But to call your autobiography life?
2: Come on.
1: (laughs) Come on, you got a shard of creativity. That's what I
2: thought about Viola Davis and um, Michelle Obama's titles. I was like, that's so generic. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, where (laughs) some of the other ones are so good.
1: Yeah. I wish my mom was dead and the co- or what I have. I'm happy my mom died and the covers her holding an urn yeah,
2: with confetti Iconic. coming out of it. Yeah. Iconic. <laughs> um but I'll I'll go Debbie Harry too cuz definitely in the 80s I would was more into Blondie music than Rolling Stones. Apologies to my friend Jill who loves the Stones. Um next last one is Cinema Speculation by Quentin Tarantino. Or Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey.
1: Oh, I feel like Green Lights was another one that like all the moms at the library, like literally oh, yeah. it was backed up for six months because <laughs> so many people wanted that fucking Matthew McConaughey book. Um not that I not that I have any gripe against people utilizing their public library. I think it's great. Um mm-hmm. but I was just the person who had to you know shelf it tell tell a bunch of like horny middle-aged women like no i'm sorry you are gonna have to wait for the matthew mcconaughey book mm-hmm. like i can tell you're really upset about it see i didn't know he was that big like <laughs> yeah i don't know everyone weirdly. everyone yeah everyone wanted to to read it um but i'll pick the quentin tarantino one i guess because i just would say i objectively like his body of work better than Matthew McConaughey's.
0: yeah yeah i 100 percent agree with you there i would like to hear more about his um like early days.
2: Yeah, stuff. same. I would I agree with your statement. Like I like Quentin Tarantino stuff much more than yeah. Matthew McConaughey stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but um so next question is like, do you have a name for your autobiography?
1: Oh, so when I was in, I'm gonna say like tenth grade. We had to write. Oh, is this like um, an English
2: assignment? Yeah, we
1: had to write, like, a series of, like, vignettes about our life. Oh, and then, God. Like, it was, like, in theory, like, what would you title, like, your, like, series of vignettes? And I called mine, like, Sarah. It's, like, what What did I call it? It's like, it's, like, Sarah, but with a D. Because, like, my name is Dara, but people think it's Sarah. But then I realized that that was, like, implying, like, that I maybe have a penis. So, with like, you know, oh. like, with a it's, like, Sarah, but with a D. But then I was, like, <laughs> oh, my God. So, like, looking back, that was maybe not the most. I like um, that. but that's what that was my my 10th grade um name of my biography i don't know what i would tell it today
0: i have no idea buffering or some shit buffering i like (laughs) buffering
2: I was thinking dessert before dinner. Dessert before dinner. Yeah, like or like breakfast for dinner. Breakfast for dinner. Breakfast
1: for dinner. Okay, I okay. feel like but that would have to be a cookbook. Well, Jen, thank you so much. This was uh, riveting and makes me want to read some of these books. So maybe yeah. I will learn how to read and get on <laughs> that train. <laughs> uh, as always, we have loved having you. We'll see you next week.
2: All right. Love you guys. Have an awesome night. Bye.
0: Now that I sound like an actual podcaster <laughs> instead of... <laughs>
2: Uh, this is not the first time we've had
1: uh, technical difficulties by any stretch, but Emily's mm-hmm. mic wasn't on for the first twenty minutes. So if you notice a <laughs> considerable increase, I'm gonna try to work some audio magic. I've been getting better? Question mark. Yeah. I don't. I don't really know. But like I
0: said, I woke up thirty minutes ago, <laughs> so
1: <laughs> um, bear with me. <laughs> but I also I want to talk about like the sort of dialogue the tone of the dialogue in this movie because mm-hmm. I feel like it's it was pretty unique in my opinion and it was very like when you can tell a movie is based off of a book but I thought so much of it was like um, quippy and smart but like funny in a really understated way that I think maybe like if, mm-hmm. you, if you sort of like zone out for a second you might have like missed some of the undertones of what everyone was saying mm-hmm. like I felt like there was a lot of like context and layers to all the dialogue and I think that Meryl played this character as like sharp and witty and constantly, like, joking or being sarcastic, Uh but in, like, almost a deadpan kind of, Mm -hmm. like, tonal way. And even Shirley MacLaine at some point is like, I don't understand your humor. Like, I don't... Yeah. I don't get that. Uh And I think even a lot of audiences could, like, almost miss... Like, I probably missed some of it just because so much of it was delivered, like just conversationally, but, uh-huh. like, especially the the scene, to me, between her and Dennis Quaid, where he's, like, professing his dying love, and she's just kind of, like, saying shit back, and he's like, stop making fun of me. And I'm like, oh, I feel like you could have read that as her being very genuine. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's a lot of scenes. I feel like you could read it as her being genuine, but, like, she obviously is not, which I think is a pretty tough thing to convey, both through a screenplay and through an acting performance. Um, so that's, like, to me, what gave Meryl her, her real edge here. The beginning of this mm. movie got me. The fake out, where they like start, it's like her acting in some like hokey.
0: I was gonna ask you about that.
1: I was like, it got me. And then it was like when she was like getting interrogated by the two guys, I was like, why is Meryl acting like, be- like her, she's not giving a good performance. Like her line delivery is yeah. like a little off. And I was like, is this going to be, like, a Meryl flop? And then they, like, pull it back. And I was like, oh my god, you got me. <laughs> like, even she knows you how to... You guys! Uh, I was like, Meryl, you know how to act, like, bad on purpose in the context of that you're a coked-out actress. Like, uh, Just.
0: Yeah. She's no, so for real. Good. Yeah, and I forgot that that's how it started. So I-, I was excited to hear what you had to say about it. But it is... Solid. It does start out slow after that, though, I will say.
1: Yeah. Well, you gotta get through, I think, the meat of like the context of her whole Well, it's overdose. like a book. Yeah.
0: It's exactly like a book, which I like. Because, I mean, you have to like get into it until you're like, oh, okay, I like this. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, you need, you certainly need the context and the backstory to understand. Then those emotional moments become so much more when. Like, you know, you need to earn it. You need to work for it. Uh-huh. Um, but there is actually a fair amount of like real. I mean, obviously a lot of real life influence because this is based uh-huh. on a true story. Yeah. But it, it it was wild to me. I sort of did some IMDb digging, and um, Debbie Reynolds <laughs> wanted to play herself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so this, movie- of course, she did. Like, of course right? she did. That's so. That is. <laughs> So perfect,
1: right? And so this movie is directed by Mike Nichols, who is an egot. If you didn't mm. know that, egot My- no, Mike Mike Nichols, not. which I didn't really know like what else he had really done, but I guess he's a big like stage guy. He's okay. he's he's got his most most of his egots are in the Tony department, but he has uh-huh. um you know across the board and. So Debbie Reynolds was like, I think I should play this mm-hmm. character. And he goes, I don't think you're right for the role, which is so <laughs> funny. But so he specifically wanted Shirley MacLaine. And then I was reading and I was...
0: Fucking love Shirley MacLaine, dude.
1: The reason she, I think, was so good at this is that she is like a pretty toxic mom in real life. Her daughter... What do you mean? <laughs> so her daughter... Um. Let's see, I wrote this down. Her daughter is Sachi Parker, another, like, Nepo baby, literally same situation, like, super famous, classic old Hollywood mom, Nepo baby. Her mom got her into acting, but, like, never really let her shine because she was, like, jealous because she was young. And she wrote a tell-all memoir published in 2013, so way after this, about how her mom was, like, about how Shirley McLean was literally, like, kind of fucked up, not around a lot, and, like made her like all this like weird stuff about like forcing her daughter to lose her virginity when she was pretty young she's like you have to like lose your virginity and then you have to go out to all these sex therapists and like tell them about it so that you can like develop into a woman and get that'll make you a better actress like literally so much crazy toxic shit i was like literally just surface level reading about this Sachi parker uh memoir and Right? And so I was like, oh my god, of course Shirley MacLaine is playing this role so well, because that's, like, that's that's you! Uh, and I'm like, "Oh, how can is you... Shirley
0: MacLaine still alive?
1: I don't know. If so, she's old as fuck. Gene Hackman is still yeah. alive. He's in his 90s.
0: I think she is. I think Shirley MacLaine <laughs> is still alive. Um. Yep she's 89 years old. Yeah, that bitch was acting with fucking, oh god, what's her name? Like, the darling of the fucking 50s and 60s. Aubrey Hepburn. Yep. And all that shit. Like, dang, girly pop. That's crazy. But That's so, actually fucking insane that but so, she...
1: Right. So you've got that layer of like actual truth to the situation. And then I was reading a little bit about Mike Nichols, the director, and he also dealt with a lot of um, addiction and alcoholism and recovery. So I think having somebody who's been through something like that direct a movie of this sort of like subject matter and like getting to those real emotional moments in Uh like what could be perhaps like a messy or like muddy, I don't know, like it's tough to cut through a lot of that, I think. Uh And so, I was like, it, this just really shows, like, the screenplay was written by Carrie Fisher, it was directed by somebody who was, like, I, I know that the two of them are close, Carrie Fisher and Mike Nichols, that they were, like, you know, worked pretty closely together and, like, were friends or whatever, but I feel like the only reason this movie works is because the people working on it had such experience, and so Mike Nichols yeah. also directed the movie Working Girl, and <laughs> he had just... i seen that one, yeah. He had, he had basically... The, just come off of directing Working Girl and Melanie Griffith whose mom is Tippy Hendren from the uh, Alfred Hitchcock movie oh The Birds. My God. So literally like as the plot thickens, so Melanie Griffith is nepo baby of Tippy Hendren and had a bunch of addiction problems and was showing up to set of Working Girl like drunk off her ass. And he yeah. and Mike Nichols was the director who basically had to like slap her into shape, and be like, "We need to get this shit done. I can't deal with your personal problems." Yeah. Literally, the opening of this movie is like yeah, what he had just fuck done. Fuck up my movie, right? So I was like, th- just so much of this is like not only like based on the memoir, but like each person has such like a lived experience similar yeah. to the plot that I was like, damn, like. I was like going down such a rabbit hole of then like nepo mother daughter nepo baby situations where like the mom like is jealous that the daughter might have the potential to outshine her so she uses her power mm-hmm. to stunt her and then they just both end up having addiction problems like Judy Garland yep. and uh, Liza Minnelli like uh huh like that is like the staple of that situation I guess but there's so many so many nepo baby mother
0: daughter combo like addiction jealousy toxic. Like Just intertwined into this movie. Oh my god, you did a deep dive. I did not realize. No, I just, like, I, because
1: I was curious about, like, (laughs) their, like, uh, Debbie Reynolds and Carrie Fisher's, like, real life, and then as I was reading about that, it's like, it just sort of unfolded itself because I was curious, like, Uh about the director, and I don't know, it just all is, like, so, like, more real than you even could realize surface level. It really, like, astonished me, which made me enjoy Uh my viewing experience a little bit more. Uh, but I do agree that maybe I would have liked this movie a bit more if I had read the book because there were parts that I was like, "You're yeah. kind of losing me." I'm like, "Ah, okay, you're you're kind of losing my attention span." Um, uh huh.
0: But I think that the the moments that hit really, really did hit, dude. Something about Shirley MacLaine's performance just like had my head like buzzing. The way that she's like singing um, after she just forced Suzanne to go and, like, perform, and obviously, like, she didn't want to or whatever. Something about Shirley MacLaine standing there smacking a piano. So good. Like, I have never, like, I don't know why it gave me the amount of serotonin that it did, but I was over the moon watching that scene.
1: That, I will say, is probably my favorite scene of the whole movie, and especially as, like, a juxtaposition of sort of maybe, like... Newer Hollywood versus old Hollywood. Like, yeah. Meryl gives this like sort of like personal and emotional performance uh-huh. that's like maybe a little like low energy, but like m- you know more, I don't know, like soulful, I guess. And then yeah. Shirley MacLaine gets up there and she's basically like on the fucking Ed Sullivan show, like <laughs> da like talk singing, <laughs> you know, like
0: yeah.
1: Uh, which I just thought that, like- that was. And, like, Meryl wants to
0: hate it, but she can't hate it because it's just so campy. You can't hate it. You can't- well, exactly. And it's, like, uh, it's just- that scene, like, does a lot for me because right after, like, her mom forces her to sing in front of all these people and she doesn't want to, all this girly pop wants to do is go to bed. You know what (laughs) I mean? (laughs) Forces her to sing. She sings or whatever. She's, like, like, I'd be pretty fucking annoyed by that. Um... Her mother gets up there and, like, she can't hate it. She's in it. She is, like a, like, a giddy little girl, like, watching her. And it's like, I just I just loved that scene a lot, because you can tell she's so exhausted by it, but, like, you, like, you, girl loves her mother.
1: But that's, like, me insisting that I'm gonna perform Shrek the musical for everyone after, like, six <laughs> glasses of wine. I'm like, wait, no, everyone, sit down, sit down. Let me, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm a star.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um can I tell you who my favorite character in this movie was? Yes. Um the sunglasses that um, <laughs> <laughs> Suzanne wears. The gay sunglasses. Day. Oh my god. They look like like a, like Amelia Earhart's um like <laughs> pilot goggles. Basically, but I have never been so fucking obsessed with anything in my life, dude. I'm about to go on like eBay and find this exact pair. Oh my God,
1: no! I feel like every queer woman owns a pair of those like little kind of round like sunglasses with like I feel like Ray Bans makes a pretty solid. Knock-off. I do own those. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, every time she puts on those sunglasses, you know it's business.
0: Ugh, and like a cab, but like. In that cop fit. <laughs> oh my god, her tied up to the cactus. <laughs> it was doing everything for me. Maybe that was supposed to be Blues Brothers.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, maybe I have no idea. I
1: doubt. I doubt it was supposed to be anything specific. Um,
0: yeah, probably not. But uh, yeah, I don't know. As much as like, I think this movie does an outstanding job at what it does. I just. I wish Meryl got more of... I, and I think that she got as much as she could, but I wish Meryl put more of, like, the humor that Carrie Fisher has on the screen. Yeah. But I, it's it's also one of those things, like, the only person that could do it is Carrie Fisher. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? She did an outstanding per- outstanding performances by both her and Shirley MacLaine, but it's, yeah, that is that is the one thing that I will say, like, I would be like, okay, just read the book.
1: And yeah, I feel like that's why, like, that sort of humor, like, a little dark, a little dry, does translate a little better into a book, because, like, yeah. you, it's like words on a page that you can, like, process and then get the joke for yourself, whereas her performance uh-huh. is, it has to be kind of understated, because you can't do, like, a but I for those, like, sort of yeah. jokes, you know? So it's, like, you get you get it when you get it, and you don't when you don't, and that's, yeah. yeah. I think that type of thing, I think she did as good uh, as she could, probably, and the writing absolutely. was as good as it could have been, but that, yeah, that kind of humor is really tough, especially when you're not trying to be, like, overtly, you know, like, oh, I'm being funny now, it's, like, because that's not yeah. how it is in real life.
0: Yeah, yeah. The only scene that I feel like was, like, that one is, like, when Charlie McLean's in the middle of like giving her like a speech, she's making a smoothie and then grabs the bottle of vodka out of the Oh
1: my god. The vodka
0: smoothie. <laughs> Made me but... giggle.
1: <laughs> yeah, a lot of like visual humor too in this uh-huh. movie. Like I don't know, like as they're having their fight and she's like walking up the stairs, and then she's like talking about um like twirling the skirt rather than it's like <laughs> twirl. It's like very like physical comedy. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I feel like that's sort of like aids into why i think a lot of like the pop culture understanding of what sarcasm is is a little bit stunted today because i feel like what you know is commonly referred to as like a sarcastic character is like the fucking raccoon from Guardians of the Galaxy where like the sar- the sarcastic inflection is like <laughs> i know what you mean bet you didn't see that one coming. Yeah, but you didn't see that one coming. Or like, he's right behind me, isn't he? Like, it's like that sort of like, quote unquote sarcasm, where Uh in real life, the people I consider to be like the most sarcastically and dry kind of funny are people who do the deadpan complete no in, you know, change of inflection in their voice when they're saying something like super shady or like, you know, with some sort of undertone. But that's, again, hard to convey on film but i feel like yeah. the the common like oh that person is so sarcastic i'm like they're actually not like yeah that's sarcasm is not like
0: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you
1: know I mean? it's an art right thank
0: you yeah no, I know exactly what you mean.
1: Oh, I thought this was Reba. Literally from the, from the poster. <laughs> from the movie poster, I was like, is this Meryl Streep and Reba? And then I was like, no. But I'm like, I wish... <laughs> Imagine I kinda, if it was. I wish it was. A single mom who works two jobs, loves her kids, and never stops. Like... <laughs> That would be kind of a. Slay. Oh my god! I don't think the age difference is enough for Reba to play Meryl Streep's mother, though.
0: <laughs> no, no, I, don't, I I think that's yeah. I don't think that's
1: yeah. uh, but <laughs> far so, enough. Yeah. Do we want to get into our regularly scheduled programming? I feel absolutely like fuck Mary Kill is tough because we have our big two of uh Suzanne and Doris, but then who uh-huh. do we want the like the third? Do we want the third rogue to be like? Fucking Dennis Quaid or like
0: Yeah. I feel like he's the other like I guess most screen time, I guess. Yeah. Alright, I'm just gonna bang it out. Fuck Dennis Quaid. Um mm-hmm. Mary Meryl kill Shirley McLean.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna kill Dennis Quaid. I'm gonna fuck Okay. I'm gonna fuck Shirley McClain. <laughs> okay. She was putting the moves on him in that one scene where, like, he comes to the house uh-huh. and she's, like, really... Her putting her
0: little, like, hand on her on his arm. She's turning it
1: out, honestly. Uh-huh. Um, and I feel like she's, like, she's a performer. So it's uh-huh. gonna be, you know, maybe she'll sing me a little song after or something.
0: Uh-huh. Um, yeah.
1: And, yeah, I'm gonna marry Meryl, obviously. Yeah.
0: Um, I feel like we don't need to do it for the whole movie because I think that I know that we're... Both gonna marry Aretha.
1: No, I'm gonna marry Annette Benning. Her in Dolphins. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, true, true. I'm gonna marry Aretha.
1: <laughs> and then I think I'm gonna fuck Richard Dreyfuss, the hot doctor. Mm,
0: yeah, yeah. And then I'm out. gonna.
1: And then I'm gonna kill the director who was like Meryl Streep's boobs are saggy. The one who was like,
0: oh my god, yeah. The
1: one who was like talking shit in the trailer and every, oh my uh-huh. god. I, Not to, like, take a step back from our segments, but the the whole sequence where everyone is telling her to have more fun with it Uh is so pointed because I've never even been in any sort of, like, production acting of anything, but I always was, like, as a secondhand, like, observer of people receiving notes of, like, bigger... What does that mean? Like what does that mean? Or like have fun with it. What kind of fucking note is that? Like as a director, you like yeah. pointed pointed instruction is the only way. Like like something vague of like I can tell you're just like your heart's not in it. Like what the fuck does that mm-hmm. mean? Like like tell me Literally. to do it, you know. Be like, oh, in this performance, your character should be feeling X, Y, Z, and I'm not getting that from you. Like, that is yeah. how you direct. I've never directed anything, and I know that. Just being, like, just have no <laughs> fun with it. Like, what does that fucking mean? Yeah. Uh, I hate, I hate as, like, a bystander of, of things when people are like, just have fun with it. I'm like, what? I'm at work, bro. Like, no. <laughs> I'm not having fun ever. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I loved all those. And like, you know, her overhearing them talk about like her body and stuff. I'm sure that was like, so came uh, from a place of truth of being in Hollywood and yeah. just everyone being like, mm, you know.
0: No, abs- absolutely. Absolutely. Um, But what would you eat and drink with this movie? Because I think that you drink a diet coke and you eat a Krispy Kreme.
1: <laughs> I love that. Yeah, mine is pretty similar. I was like at first I was like you do a vodka smoothie and then I was like honestly I don't want to drink during this movie like. <laughs> yeah. I was like it's uh-huh. just gonna make me sad. I think so. Then I was like you could do like a cute mocktail. But to me, when I'm like drinking non alcoholic beverage, I don't really want it to like emulate one for as much like I don't know. So I feel like I just think uh-huh. a, like a black coffee. Or like whatever yeah. your, you know, whatever your like standard coffee preferences, but like the most basic, like don't do anything special to it, <laughs> like mm-hmm. just a, a cup of coffee. And then I liked the cake with her face on it at her like homecoming party. But I think yeah. you should like really botch it. Like what is it called when people like like fail, like baking fails or whatever? What is that TV I d- show? I d- I d- I don't know. <laughs> There's, like, a TV show where they, like, have to try to do Pinterest baking things, but then, like, with no oh, instructions. Oh, I've seen it.
0: I've watched it. I don't I don't know what it is, but I know what you're talking about. But it
1: always, like, lo- like a, like a fail, you know? So you should yeah. have to, like, make a cake of your face, but, like, don't look at any reference or instructions. <laughs> and it'll, like, just look really botched, but I think that would I be like really... That. Yeah, that would be really fun. Um, so, like, a coffee and, like, a cake. <laughs> hmm I like a diet coke and a Krispy Kreme though. Meryl drinking her little diet cokes in this movie,
0: yeah. That's that which one... again was uh, was also true to this book and just true to Carrie Fisher. That's for the she girls. Di- that is, yeah, she was a diet coke girly, <laughs> which I just love. What
1: movie would you follow this up with? Mamma Mia. <gasps> uh, okay,
0: easy. Yeah, easy. there's 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 nothing else to say. So true. This, uh, again, ma. You you just switch the roles. This is Meryl Streep being a mother in turmoil this time. Yeah. <laughs> but
1: yet, like not Song, imparting
0: dance, Abba. It's it's perfect. She's
1: a she's a mother in turmoil, but she's not imparting any of her trauma onto her daughter. Like she's still exactly just still being very supportive. I yeah. I she's, literally she's actually saying. trying to
0: hide all of her trauma. <laughs>
1: Uh, but very similarly, this is a lengthy list, but I think you could do a Mommy Issues marathon. And you <laughs> you start with the most traumatic and you end with something happy. So you start with, like, Mommy Dearest, and then you move on to maybe this one. Then, like, Lady Bird, we're sort of on the mend. Then you yeah. everything, everywhere, all at once, right? Like, we're healing. <gasps> and then yeah. you do the happy ones, Mama Mia, and Hairspray. <laughs>
0: I love that. I love that so much. I like how the end ones are both two different musicals. Musicals,
1: right? But, like, it, no better way to uh, perfect. Re- to heal generational Actually trauma perfect. than through song.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. As we've seen in this movie. Um, that's so good. I love that. Um, what do you rate this movie? I give it a six.
1: I'm also giving it a six, yeah. I gave it a three out of five stars on Letterboxd, which for some yep. reason I have a really hard time, like... To me, the out of five stars is an entirely different metric than one through ten. (laughs) Like,
0: why? Like, literally... Truly, truly.
1: Literally, it should be just, like, double it, but I'm like, yeah, a movie I give three stars to could be, like, it could be a nine. Who's to say?
0: (laughs) Exactly. No, I I feel you entirely.
1: Okay, Jenna's calling me, so we're gonna wrap this up, um... Thank you, everyone, for listening. It's been May Streep. As always, please leave your comments uh, for m- movies, month themes, uh, movie suggestions, everything. We're going to do a Pride month theme yet. We haven't really flushed it up, but if you have any sort of, like, Pride-related uh, suggestions, definitely leave those for us. We're maybe ge- gearing towards, like, movies made by actual LGBTQ people, so yes. maybe if you have any of those um, suggestions, definitely leave them for us. We'd love to hear yeah. from you. Uh, link... Links in the description to all of our social medias, all of that good stuff. Um, if you'd like to see all of my three star ratings, you can check out our letterboxed. Those are down, yep. definitely. Uh, I like follow everyone <laughs> back on that. Uh- I
0: was gonna say that's the best way to reach me. Like if you, like <laughs> if you, you and I want to be besties on social media, follow me on Letterboxed. I will follow you back.
1: And as always, we love you all, and goodbye and good night.